Hi, Jerf. Hi. What's going on? Not too much. Not too much. Getting used to this uh, this spring type temperatures. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, something about this warmer weather. Anyone that's been a long time fan of out and out the field knows when it gets warm in our area because mm-hmm. the sleeveless comes out. <laughs> the the sleeves are gone. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Welcome to On and Off the Field with Durf and Dylan, and we got this award winning podcast, I should say. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like slipped my mind. I got to get my award back in front of me, so I remember when I remember to say it. <laughs> Coughing already. Good start. Strikeout beer's already in the house. Our boys, Brandon, Nalan, Rapid Dave, my favorite millennial podcast. Are you technically a millennial? What are you? I don't think I've ever asked. I don't know. Are you a millennial? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I like, you know, I, the millennials have grown on me because Gen Z is taking over the role of being the most hated. I think millennials yeah. are actually becoming more popular. Because we're all starting yeah. to grow up a little bit and become functioning human beings. So, like, we're okay now. It's the Gen Z's you got to look out for. Um. Yeah. So, I, I, I just looked it up real quick okay, here. Okay, here we go. Um, so, we both fall under the Millennials Generation Y Gen mm. Next. Gen Next. Yeah. Oh, I never heard it called Gen Next. Normally, it's just Millennial. Right. <laughs> I heard of Generation Y before. Yeah. That was a big one that I heard I knew. I thought that's what I, I thought that's what we were. And then I thought Millennials were after us. But apparently, ninety-five to two thousand twelve is Gen Z. Probably or, yeah, those, are, those are the problem kids. You gotta watch out for them. Or iGen. iGen. Ooh. Like I was I wondering. Am. I was wondering what was gonna be after <laughs> Z, because it was like Gen Z. Like, well, what's mm-hmm. what's after Gen Z? Like, you're running out. You ran out of letters. You gotta go backwards. I'll go to uh, the Greek alphabet. Oh God. <laughs> Who does a podcast at five p.m.? Well, it's six p.m. here, so. Just sit down, eat your dinner, and listen to some great talk show radio podcast stuff. It's like you don't want viewers. Honestly, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's just technically a podcast, so it's all about the afterwards. If people show up here, we love it. We love yeah. the communication. We love the comments. But, you know, time permitting, we do it. <laughs> we do it when we have the time to do it. Put it that way. Yeah, we got a shirt on. Yeah, this isn't this ain't green man streaming. This is different. Too <laughs> early. Why is Dylan not shirtless? Because you guys haven't donated any bits. That's why. Longtime fans. Is there any longtime fans? I mean, this has been going on for over two years. I yeah. mean, tech, on the field technically has been around for almost three years. I mean, it's been it's been about, about two and a half years, probably. Yeah. Back when I used to do it solo. Yeah. Who shows pits on stream? This guy. Where should I be watching this? Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch? You can pick any of them. I don't really care. I'm just trying to get through all these comments <laughs> so we can get the show started. My goodness. I don't think you know the generations. I do. Millennials don't suck. We're awesome. They're not growing on anyone. <laughs> That's because we want the next generation. Generation Y. <laughs> y W H Y question mark. Why are they here? Generation Y. That's us. 
We are very bearable people. You guys are the worst. <laughs> Hashtag more derf. Can we put that on a t-shirt? I think we can put we think you think we can put that on a t-shirt? Yeah. Yeah, let's work on that. I've been <laughs> I've been saying I gotta work <laughs> on all this stuff for a long time. It's probably never gonna happen. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely upgraded with Durf. Oh, hundred percent. This show was nothing before Durf got here. And the comments are the show. Hundred percent. That'll be another t-shirt. We gotta make a t-shirt for the comment section. They need their own t-shirt. You know, like for Dan Patrick show, they got chat row. Yeah. So we need to come up with a name for the comment section. Maybe that'll be go. like one of our poll questions. We'll put it out there. Like, what do you guys want to call yourself? You know, like they have chat know. row. Yeah. So now we need, we need our mm-hmm. own thing. So you guys can have your own special stuff. I was thinking, well, I was just thinking a t-shirt uh, idea would be. <laughs> Derf me, daddy. <laughs> Um, you could just be like, "I'm just here for the comments." Oh, there you go. I'm trying. I was trying to think of a, like a play on, you know, with Marshawn Lynch at the Super Bowl. Like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's. I'm awesome. trying to think of something yeah. to go with that, but I don't think it's gonna work. But I'm just, just here for the, the comments. Comment. That's yeah. a great. That's a great one. We should call it the other two people on here. We should. Oh, we should be calling ourselves Jesus. You guys are savages. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road for those listening uh, later. We have to make sure everyone that's in here is already flossed, most likely, because we love you and appreciate you. Most people have already follow, liked, observed, shared, and subscribed to everything. Segment brought to you by Stefan Diggs, for anyone wondering. <laughs> Durf, um, you think you can do me a favor and let people know how they can floss? Yeah, definitely. You can follow, like, observe, and share on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our YouTube and our Twitch channels, which we are currently live on, all by searching at OOTF Podcast. Make sure to click the link in the video description to get all the other links that you need for this great show. Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that we know how we're doing and what you like or dislike about this award-winning show. (laughs) Hey, Dylan, you're muted. I was wondering why no one was saying anything. I was trying to, I was trying to talk, and I was trying to unmute you, were, you and it wouldn't let me. Oh, because I muted myself. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, um, yeah, good start to this show. Wait, this isn't the show yet. All right, he's leaving. All right, bye, Ryan. Have a nice night. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say we have a new five star rating. Oh, very nice. We're supposed to have a review coming in. Someone left a review, but it hasn't been approved yet, so I haven't been able to see the review i was hoping you'd be ready by today so i could read the review i love getting reviews i love it wait it has to get approved yeah like i guess it's like so there's no like bad words i don't know it has to like go through uh, itunes first it's annoying it's like it ta- if you leave a review it takes like a couple days to show up interesting like, person yeah it's silly absolute silliness nonsense we have a new segment that we're going to start to show out with um I, this, this is the banner i currently have Pie mm-hmm. versus cake. This is 
I'm still here. I'm very happy that you're here, Ryan. I'm always happy that all of you are here. <laughs> Our new segment to start the show out with is either pie or cake of the day. This seems to be something that people always ask for, especially Alan. He's always like, what's the pie of the day? Mm-hmm. I don't want to just be pie of the day. We got to do pie and cake. So, you know, it might be alternating weeks. We might flip a coin. We'll see what happens. But for this week, it's cake of the week. Oh, very nice. And boy, oh boy, do I have a surprise for you for cake of the week. This oh. is a chocolate ho-ho layer cake. Ooh, yeah, you nice. heard that right. Oh, yeah. This is just chocolate on chocolate on chocolate, and it's got like the little Swiss rolls cut up for it. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is. I'm trying to figure out like what it what's what is made of. It's like white frosting, chocolate ganache, the hostess little snack things. Uh-huh. Oh, like it, it it makes no sense for this to be created, but just look at it. That looks really good. Just look at it. Oh. Yeah, just like, yeah, strike out beer. I like hose, layers, and cakes and chocolate. That's your kind of cake right here. <laughs> it's about time you listen to us. I finally <laughs> took the advice of the listeners. <laughs> Ryan Francis with the, hold on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the reaction that people have when they look at that cake, hose on hose. All righty. So there's your cake of the day. Everyone can go home happy now. Let's jump into our other favorite segment that we all, everyone knows and loves. The sports. Sports. So what's going on with other sports? What's going on out here? Um, first and foremost, I guess since this one happened first, uh, the women's NCAA tournament was won by Stanford defeating arizona and i i you know anna apparently there's a person and this was the only reason this made headlines i think the women's tournament in general was because russell wilson was there (laughs) because his sister anna wilson was playing for stanford stanford won big deal and (laughs) russell's sister scored five points three assists and four rebounds she was there she She contributed yeah I think she's like the sixth man or sixth woman, however you want to say that, to be, you know, <laughs> be proper. The, the sixth player. Yeah, the sixth person. I think she was off the bench because, like, the first five I saw had, like, a lot of points. Like, mm-hmm. they were all in double-bit digits for Stanford, and then there was her, and then there was, like, five more players that had zeros across the board. Like, they didn't even get in the game. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I saw. I was, looked at, I was looking at the stat board just to find Anna Wilson's stats. Apparently, they only do like the starting five and then rotate like one or two in and out, and that's it. They just hmm. play, which makes the women more badass than the men because men, yeah. like, you got like people rotating left and right. Every time out, you're taking someone out and putting someone in. It's right, it's asinine. And it slows down the game, and everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. The women just stay in there. They're like, screw you. We're all playing 40 minutes. As long <laughs> as they all play 40 minutes, I don't know. I don't know if the rules are different. I really don't know the answer to that, but yeah. So Stanford won the women's NCAA tournament for the men's NCAA tournament. Herf called it. He called it. He did not only call Baylor over Houston. He called Baylor winning it. Mm-hmm. Baylor defeated Gonzaga. Obliterated them. Yeah. Smothered, obliterated, beat down, 
whatever you want to call that terminology there, but they, yeah, over the Zags. Yeah, it was described as it felt like Baylor had seven players on the court at times. <laughs> Gonzaga just had oh. no answers for anything. Mm-hmm. They were they were baffled by Baylor. Baffled by Baylor. There's your headlines. That's what you put on the newspaper. I mean, it wasn't even close. They went out to a nine. They, they started out 9-0. And then... Um, Who's that guy who scored the game-winning shot for the Zags? Oh, Jalen Suggs. Suggs Suggs had like three turnovers in the first 10, like five minutes or something Mm -hmm. of the game. It was a mess. And the thing with the whole point of Gonzaga being an amazing team is ball movement. That's what everyone loves about Gonzaga. They pass the ball. They're cutting down the middle of the lane. They're doing everything that like classic basketball used to be. Instead of like mm-hmm. these one-on-one ISOs and stuff, they get the ball around, they move it. It's it's right. amazing. Baylor just said no. Baylor's like, nah, bro. You, we're gonna get in your lanes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get in your way. We're gonna get in your face, and you're gonna have to. You're we're gonna force you to play ISO because right. if you try to pass the ball, it's, it's not it's not gonna work. And that's what happened. They were turning over the ball like crazy. Hence the nine zero start for Baylor. Yeah, I mean, even even towards the end of the game, when Baylor was like, "Yeah, we're good with starters. Let's put all the second string guys in there." They're like, second string guys were on Gonzaga like glue, and still getting turnovers. Like Baylor just has a good, you know, discipline there, and they have a good, you know, play calling situation for their basketball team. But it was, yeah, from what I saw, Baylor. Couldn't be stopped shooting the three, and Gonzaga couldn't get past the defense. Yeah, Gonzaga cut the lead to 10 points at the half. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that moment, you know, Gonzaga's kind of making their way back before the half. It's like, okay, they mm-hmm. got it to 10 points. All right, maybe we have a game here in the second half. And, then, yeah, like you said, Baylor just came out shooting threes. I mean, they just blew the lead right back open as soon as they hit the court again. It, right. There was never a chance in this game for Gonzaga. From the from the minute they got on the floor, they were outmatched. So unfortunate. They could have went undefeated for the entire season, but Baylor decided, nah. Screw screw that. I thought you were going to say Durf's Doppler. I mean, we haven't had a Durf's Doppler in a while because there's we can start doing Durf's Doppler for MLB games if you want. I mean <laughs> That's a lot. Of- that's a, a lot, lot of games. That's a lot. We can oh maybe if the Red Wings start up, we can start doing local weather for the there Red we Wings. go. <laughs> What's up, TJ? Hell of a comeback. Yeah, Stanford. Yeah, the, I didn't watch any of the Stanford game. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the men's one either. So don't worry. It wasn't like I was choosing one over the other. <laughs> I didn't watch either one. Um but yeah, no, the good comeback by them. Bear down. Are you a Baylor fan there, Randall? Baylor? Baylor Bears? Maybe. Thinking about starting my own sports podcast? Don't do that. See, but on and off the court, <laughs> that was my original idea back when I uh, was like really wanting to push this thing. I was thinking on and off the field would be the football podcast. Mm-hmm. On and off the court would be the NBA podcast. I mean, I was on and off the diamond for baseball. Yeah. Bro, I was ready to go to town on that. Turns out I don't know shit about baseball and basketball. <laughs> So I can do podcasts for those. It'll be his favorite podcast. You can move on from this one. 
just trying to get more Durf airtime. Just tell Durf to talk. I tell Durf to start talking, man. <laughs> what did yeah. you think about Anna Wilson's performance? I don't know. I didn't see it. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> I, I saw the news break, but um, yeah, I didn't see any of that game. And I only saw bits and pieces of the game from last night. And I was just, to me, I'm like, wow, I picked it right. I'm like, all right. I was like, I was, you were the only yeah. person I was thinking about that entire time. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, Durf is going to, he's going to get this right. <laughs> So I'm kind of curious. Do you want to do the? Do you want? Do you want to do the pie of the face? No. Do we agree okay. on that? I mean, I'll take it like a man if you want. I mean, we I'm never good. shook hands, but we know it's all good. It's up to you. We we got to think of some other bets though. I'm, like we should just be pieing each other in the face every week, <laughs> every single week. We're gonna we're gonna lose hundreds of dollars this year on whipped cream on and pie. On, on whipped cream and pie shells. <laughs> so you. We, I didn't even know this to be completely honest. I, I had a feeling it was coming around. Yeah. But I honestly had no idea that the Masters tournament was this week. That's pretty really? that, that snuck up on me. Like, yeah. I knew I know it's an I, I know it was coming mm-hmm. up. Right. Like, I was it wasn't on my radar. Like I knew golf was happening. Yeah. I've been watching some golf. Mm-hmm. I did not know the Masters was coming on. So it starts Thursday. Dustin Johnson obviously won last year, but Jordan Spieth just got done winning the Texas Open, so he's he's actually the favorite right now after Dustin Johnson's repeat. Is that like in yeah. the books? In the books, yeah. Wow. And then yeah, so Johnson, you know, he's the the top favorite for you know, and it'll be him repeating. Then it's Jordan Spieth, and then I think after that is Bryson DeChambeau okay. is the next favorite. Um on the list there and really Jordan Spieth, you know, odds to win, you know, becoming that, that second favorite only changed within the last month because of how well, how, how well he's been doing. I'm a yeah, little he surprised. Got, he, he tore apart that Texas open. I don't know how difficult oh, yeah. of a course that is, but what well, he won with 17 under, he looked good and he's been looking good these past couple of weeks. He's been in the mm. top 10. You've seen his name popping up in all these tournaments. I watched a couple of good. I watched a couple chunks of some of the rounds um, from the Texas Open last week, and yeah, he. There was a couple. You know, he was like third. The next thing you know, he's in second, and he's climbing up. You know, catching up to the the leader. I think it was in the second round, but then all of a sudden, oh, there's Jordan Spieth just alone at the top, taking the lead. I'm like, wow, that was that was quick. Um, that course was a little, a little difficult because of the wind that Texas had during, you know, during the tournament. Um, you know, they you definitely had to play the wind, but then a lot of the the greens I saw on the and on that course were very tilted the wrong way you would expect to see when you come up to a green. Like normally, it's going to run back towards the fairway but a lot of them ran either to water or to the back of the you know back of the court the hole um into bunkers so definitely had to be very finicky with how you spun the ball and get your trajectory right i'm not familiar with that course that they played on even the texas open in general 
I only yeah. caught one day of it and I was wasn't really mm-hmm. paying attention. This is one of those days where I'm working and just kind of have the stream up, just kind of yeah. checking out what's going on that day. But I think that was either Thursday or Friday last week. Mm-hmm. But it's Masters time. It and is I mean, Masters time. I always watch that. That'll be exciting. It, it, I'm having it's it's gonna be a long week already, so I'm pretty excited to be able to uh, have something to watch. So we have nice. Dustin Johnson at nine to one odds. He is the leader. Mm-hmm. But then Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are at ten to one. Bryson DeChambeau at eleven to one, and then you have you know then it basically just goes in order of who you would think: John Rahm twelve mm-hmm. to one, Rory McIlroy fourteen to one. Xander Shoffley, 22 to 1, Patrick Cantley, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, you know, your usuals. Right. I was looking for you. Hideki Matsuama. I think I missed the Y in there, but he's 35 to 1. He's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fairway Jesus, Tommy Fleetwood, 45 to 1. Anyone you're anyone that you're wondering where they are, I have the whole list pulled up. Um the only one that I, other one that I saw that was a name that I caught was Lee Westwood, because he had, you know, caught that, that caught a tournament uh, a few weeks ago. I can't remember which one it was now, but um, yeah, but he was showing some, you know, pretty good promise. But he's definitely in that, you know, he's in the upper age category there. So yeah, I want to say he's like, it's not bad. Is he a thirty to one? I thought he was sixty to one. This he had changed. I mean, he. He got cut at the Honda Classic. Was yeah. That, was that the Texas one? Just this past week? Oh no, that was a couple weeks ago. Never mind. No, the Honda. Yeah, the Honda. I can't remember which one he was playing with. That his uh, his girlfriend was his caddy. At the Players, he came in second, thirteen under. Yeah, so it was the Players. Came in second at Arnold Arnold Palmer Invitational. Hmm. Um, and those seem to be some of his better finishes. So that's probably why he's where he's at. He's had some good finishes as right. of late. Yeah. Nothing much since then, but those two have the big ones. So mm-hmm. um, what's going on over here? Cream pies every week. Love the masters. Say Rory's last name again. No, I don't want to. I know I said it wrong. I don't care. <laughs> When's the oh. esports talk? Dude, I've been wanting to talk esports. I've been, I've, been, I've been thinking about it. I just don't know where to begin. Oh, God, I'm not reading that comment. Hey, oh, Josh, what's going on, man? Met Lee Westwood at the Kroger parking lot in Augusta. Did you get something signed? Like, See, the thing is with most of these people, like, I think I'd be able to recognize Jordan Spieth, maybe Dustin Johnson. But like, yeah. the, like, most of these average golfers, like, if Lee Westwood walked into my Wegmans and walked right. past me, I would have no idea that was Lee Westwood. Mm-hmm. I would like it, he was in the Kroger's parking lot. Like if I saw Lee Westwood in a Kroger's parking lot, I would not know that's Lee Westwood. And it yeah. goes for most famous people. That's just I could right. probably see Russell Wilson and be like, eh, nah, that's not Russell. Wilson. I would probably just let him walk <laughs> past me. I'd be at the airport. Nah, that's not Russell. Wilson. I don't know. He kind of uh. looks like him, but I don't know. <laughs> Loving the hat. Thank you. It's a good hat. I'm glad I bought it. It's one of my favorite hats. Cooperstown Brewery. You want to mm-hmm. come down for a couple of rounds of golf? Hell yeah. <laughs> we got it. We got to book that trip. How's that sound? Want to go this? What? Want to go this winter? November, December. That'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be be nice and warm down there, right? Yeah. 
I was like, holy ass, that's Lee Westwood. I was the only one who recognized him. I was <laughs> I don't know how you recognized him. <laughs> We're gonna plan this. We're gonna work on this. But yes. But yes, that's gonna happen. I just don't know when or how, but it's gonna happen. Because <laughs> we already talked about going to the Vegas draft next year. That's in the mm-hmm. works too. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Durf isn't sold. He's sold. <laughs> I'll force him onto the plane. And I, I got this picture uh, too. Major League Baseball decided that they did their first jersey collab with Nike. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 are their jerseys right now? Are they not Nike? Um. Well, they were Nike starting back in 2019. Before that, I don't. I couldn't tell you what they were. Oh, so they just became the jerseys maker for MLB. So they decided to do something fancy. Is that is that yeah. basically what I'm getting? So that's basically that's the idea of that. When I when I when I saw this, um, the the key part here is the Red Sox, who have the the red B, the white with the red. You know, they're they always have red in their uniforms. They unveiled a yellow and powder blue uniform today. Um, so which is very shocking because. There's no red, and they're called the Red Sox. This was basically inspired by the Patriots Day holiday and the Boston Marathon, which is why those the yellow and powder blue you know were chosen. Um, the jerseys will feature a marathon bib patch um, with six one seven, which is the Fenway Park's area code on the left sleeve, and then. Um, it looks. I saw a picture of it, and it looks really kind of old school style. Oh, I got um, a picture ready to go. Don't which worry. Is nice. I'll let everybody um, see it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, it's it's really it's a radical design for you know the MLB to start doing this, and it's it's really a, it's that first step into you know Nike's venture into designing these alternates for baseball teams, um, which Nike's which Nike is calling that as the city connect series, which is similar to the NBA, um, you know, alternate Jersey series that, you know, a lot of teams are doing, um, you know, with like Milwaukee, I've there, there's this very out there compared to the normal jerseys. I know Miami um, has like their Miami night one. Now that's like right. pink and blue. And it's like just being yep. like a neon one. Right. Or like the, the jazz, have oh, one that's yeah. way out there yeah. which is really cool but um yeah so now we're seeing that you know that that same kind of alternates you know alternate uniforms in the mlb you know league here so nike's a big part of that but it's definitely you know pushing those boundaries that i think we need to keep these sports you know being um keeping these sports kind of, you know, grabbing the attention of the common sports car, which they definitely need. (laughs) Yeah. First and foremost, here you go. This is what we're, this is what we're looking at here. Yep. I mean, I, I guess with the information that it's a Patriots day thing with the whole, you know, it, it all makes sense when you put it together like that. Well, this is just this is the Mariners. <laughs> I mean, the old Mariners with 
the trident on the hat used to be yellow. Like it was yellow and mm-hmm. blue was the old Mariners uniform. Right. Like this is just it's Boston. It's red and white. And I get it. I get it. I mean, right. I'm fine with it. And this is what I always hear Dan Patrick talk about when they do uniform changes, especially with the NFL. They've been getting into it with the color rush and they've mm-hmm. been talking about doing other uniform changes. Like this is not meant for an audience of older folk. Right. You know, we're probably like borderline. Like if I see a nice uniform change, like I'll admit it. Like that's got that looks fresh, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm good with that. But this is geared towards the younger generations, like the Gen Z folk that love right. new and flashy things. And baseball is dying mm-hmm. because they're not keeping up with the trends. They're not they're just it's 162 games of the same crap over and over again, and it's boring, and no one wants to watch it. Like It yeah. sucks. So Nike's helping them at least get people's attention from a fashion aspect. So mm-hmm. at least they're trying. Once again, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Take it for what you will. It's whether you like it or not, it's here. It's here. It happened. Yeah. One of the most classic looks in baseball, now the worst. I mean, I don't know if it's the worst. It's definitely it's just different. Right. I don't know. I mean, they have a reason for their color scheme at least, which is nice. It's not like they just went it's out there. It's different and, like, and it's also not like a it's not an everyday wear right. every game wear uniform. It's really on those the, you know, I would think they would sprinkle them in pretty lightly when they use this uniform. And then depending on how the reaction is, you know, maybe up it a little bit more to change things up, but yeah, it's kind of like the NFL's be. color rush, you know, it's like right. once a season. And with baseball being 162 162 games <laughs> and not 16, well now 17, they'll yeah. you know maybe like five times a season, hmm. if maybe if the reception of them is good. Right. So we'll see. Look at Alan says this is why he loves you, man. <laughs> you know, Fred has got his shit together. He is just ready to go with the info <laughs> and the details. I'm just over here like, yeah, so Nike did a thing with the Red Sox. I'm not sure what it is. Dos Primos. What's going on, man? Welcome (laughs) to the show. Yeah, we talked a little baseball. We decided to get it out there. How are the Dodgers doing? Before we move into the NFL, how are the Dodgers doing? Let's get an update. Um, I don't know exact numbers. I know they've been, they've been like all over the place with, you know, no wins and losses. I think they're, I couldn't tell you what the ranking is right now. Well, they're four and one on top of the top of the NL West. Is that all, is that what it is? Four and one? I thought they were I thought they had lost more than one game. Um but it seems like when they lose a game, they 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 lose it. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at what we had. So they, we did, they did lost have, eight have to five. Hitter, they had they lost eight to five in the bad. first game of the season, and then they won eleven to six, six to five, four to two, and ten to three. They stomped the athletics. Oh, better than I thought then. And then the um, Mariners are two and two. Okay. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers did have a potential no hitter the other night, and then that got blown. So did the, did ESPN send out a notification about the no hitter? Yes. Well, there you go. Then it, there you go. Then it was over. I, I swear to God. I swear <laughs> to God. Every single time ESPN sends a notification for a no hitter, yeah, it the no hitter's lost. Like the next pitch, like every <laughs> it happens every I'm single time. To see. 
Oh, we did have Cody Bellinger suffered an ankle ankle injury. Nice. Um, last night we collided with the Athletics pitcher at first base. <laughs> How do you collide with the pitcher? Well, the content? pitcher was at, at first base. Yeah. <laughs> he probably took advantage of it. Oh, the pitcher standing there. I'm gonna go get this son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so besides the Dodgers, um, we can talk about their arch rival from the World Series, the Astros. <laughs> they're having a rough did, they're having a rough you, go at did you it. see last night's game against the angels any no, highlights or anything i didn't so, but i'm assuming there's a lot of trash cans involved uh at, well at least two at least two <laughs> so the astros played their angels last night and the angels fans one one time it was a blown up inflatable trash can that made it onto the field And then another fan took an actual trash can that had stuff in it and chucked it onto the warning track on the field. So, of course, they had to pause the game, clean it up, take it off the field. But then, um, blanking on, I just heard his name, uh, the manager for the Astros was like, we paid our yeah, he was like, we paid our price. Why can't people just stop picking on us and booing what at price us? price did you pay? <laughs> right, exactly. What <laughs> price did you pay? Please tell me. <laughs> you still have your rings. You still have your title. You still have everything. What, you got a slap on a hand and some suspensions? Right. Like, the players did, got nothing. The players, no suspensions, no fines, no firing. And, you know, I get why they brought Baker in, Dusty Baker in. Because you know he's been kind of on other organizations with this similar situation. Yeah, he knows how to handle the press, right? There <laughs> before, but like, I'm sorry, these players need to hear these boos every game that they're playing this year because they got off easy. Yeah, like they haven't them... had fans in the stands since this came out, right? And so, like, let them. Let's let's test their character this year. Let's <laughs> you know everyone's gonna boo them, you know, and at least in in the, the in division games, um, I don't know if they play the Dodgers this year, but if they come to Los Angeles, it's gonna be a rough game. And the Yankees, oh that too, yeah, yeah, they go to either. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they're making trips to at least <laughs> one of them. Yeah, right. That's gonna be a bad time. Gonna be a bad time. All righty, so let's head over to NFL news. We are we're we're cruising through this episode already. So yeah. let's see if we can't make up some ground here. Um, quickly, two of the twenty-two women that accused Deshaun Watson of the sexual misconduct um, came forward with statements to the police, and also one of them actually came out with like an actual statement. What did she say? I put a link in here. She got in. She was just talking about how she got into massage therapy to heal people. And then Deshaun Watson basically robbed her of that. She talks about how she suffers from anxiety and depression these days after the things that she went through because of Deshaun Watson. Just saying a lot and a lot of things. Uh, People say I'm doing this just for the money. Um, That's what um, the massage therapist said. That is false. I come forward now that so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. So basically, people are starting to become vocal about this. Mm -hmm. These women aren't just filing filing you know lawsuits and then just moving out with their day to see what happens like they're coming out and you know they're going to the police with statements they're coming out into the public and saying what they experience now right things are getting a little bit more like the the fire is getting heated here there's they're stoking it a little bit you know Mm -hmm. it's um it's not looking good 
No, it's really not. And any value Watson had to, if it Houston's like, we gotta get rid of this guy. It's it's down the it's down the toilet now. Like this this potentially could ruin his completely devastate his career. In my, in my opinion, um, like, I know that you have to let due process go through. Like you can't just say right. like you know this stuff's getting serious. Like. You know, you can't just like cut them from the team. So like, you had to like wait for things to go through their process. Right. You know, innocent until proven guilty. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that's like the whole point of our justice system. Um, but at what point do, does Deshaun Watson go on the commissioner's exempt list? Like, how long is this going to get drawn out for? Because Deshaun Watson already right. said he's not playing for the Texans. Yep. So. If he just sits on the sideline and does nothing while this all goes through, and the Texans aren't going to release him, mm-hmm. at what point? I I feel like one of the top three best landing spots for Deshaun Watson right now is on the commissioner's exempt list, where he it's kind of <laughs> like being suspended but not being suspended, right? For people that don't know what that is, hi Darren, welcome to the show, buddy. How you yeah. doing? Yeah, so it, it's just. Not not looking good. No. Out of out of twenty two lawsuits that are put in right now for Deshaun Watson, you know, I I never want to sit here and say some are fake, some are not fake. I never want to do that. Mm. But we at least have two women come out and actually make statements to the police now. And we also had someone else that didn't follow, file a lawsuit last week. A woman came out and said that she experienced similar things when she did a session with Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. but she didn't actually file a lawsuit. So she came out vocally and said something and didn't even file the lawsuit. She just came out and, you know, supported these other women that are actually filing lawsuits. There's at least 23, maybe. Hmm. Hard, hard times for Deshaun Watson and the Texans right now. So so we had, we had some big news here. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Our first like actual NFL, like what's happening around the league. That we get to talk about and break down. Sam Darnold traded to the Panthers in exchange for a six-round pick this year and a second and a fourth next year. The Panthers have also given Teddy Bridgewater permission to seek a trade, but they did state that they want him back with the Panthers. But you know, if he wants to go somewhere else, doesn't decide he doesn't he doesn't want to compete with Sam, feel free to go do whatever you want. Right. Which I think it's you know, I think that's that's good graces for the Panthers and Bridgewater. That's not like the Panthers are saying, "No, we want Darnold, and you're garbage, so just leave." It's no, we're taking a a young quarterback. The Jets, you know, are trying to get rid of the guy. We the Panthers didn't spend a fortune on him. Um, they also, I don't know if it's official official yet, but they did announce. I hear announced that um, the Panthers are going to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option, which this is the year to do that. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye. We you know we should be keeping an eye out for all the 2018 first round uh, draft picks. You know, seeing where their their whether their options get picked up. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Sam Darnold to the Panthers is. Uh, you know, a smart move. Um, it's a, a young organization that they have, they've, they've already done a year, you know, under uh, Matt rule and, you know, Joe Brady's there for the offensive coordinators, which I think will be good for Sam Darnold 
um, to really just, you know, let the NFL see what he has. You know, Darnold got dealt, you know, a pretty, pretty bad hand multiple years with New York um, because New York doesn't know what they're doing. You know, they did the coaching carousel, you know, with Darnold there. They, I thought he was, you know, in 2018, I thought he was a good pick at three for the Jets. You know, I was, he's going to be, he's going to last a while. Now I'm kind of like, are we seeing the situation with USC quarterbacks again um, that we see with Ohio State quarterbacks that, you know, they 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 flash in college, they show a, a little bit of flash in the NFL, and then it just and then it just doesn't pan out later. Hey, Mark um, Sanchez got did, did a damn good job <laughs> early he, on. He did a good job butt fumbling. That's what he yeah. did. <laughs> he got the Jets to an AFC championship. That, game, that is true. It. But so maybe that's the difference between USC and Ohio State quarterbacks. Ohio State quarterbacks play well in the in college, and then they just they can't do anything in the NFL. Whereas a USC quarterback, they, they show, they, you know, they're flashy in the college and then they can do early on, they can do some things and then they, the longevity just drops off, fall off a cliff. Right. <laughs> um, they can get through their rookie contract. And then after that, they're a bridge. Corner. Right. Cause like thinking of USC quarterbacks, they have Darnold. Um, we had Matt Barkley, who is now a free agent from the bills. Um, Matt, uh, Mark Sanchez. I'm thinking Matt Liner. Oh, Liner's um, the one I was thinking of. Yeah, and then there's probably another one I'm forgetting, but those were like the four that I was thinking of. Carson that, Palmer you know, was the other one I was thinking of. Carson Palmer played on the Bengals for a long time, never really got anywhere. Um, Matt Castle. Oh, Matt Castle was another one. Yeah, he was a perennial backup. Those are the big ones. The rest yeah, of those those I are, have no idea who they are. But yeah, yeah those are those the big are the, ones. <laughs> yeah, but there's a pattern there. So, and then for like the value of this trade, mm-hmm. I mean, I just I've been saying it on social media. The, the Jets didn't have much of a choice, but at the end of the day, the one word that can describe this trade is getting fleeced. I yeah. mean, these guys got torn apart. Mm-hmm. They had to trade up the number three overall pick in 2018 to get Sam Darnold. They gave up so much to get Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be the future. He yep. barely played between inch injuries and what was the thing? <laughs> what did he get? Hickey? What, what was the one? Oh, he, mono. He got mono. <laughs> like, his career just never panned out with the Jets. Not for mm-hmm. one millisecond did it pan out for the Jets over there. And they they only get a six round pick this year out of it, a third overall pick that they had to trade up to get him. They right. get a six round pick out of it this year, and the next year they get a second and a fourth, which is not bad. It's it's nice, but to not even get a first rounder out of him, that sucks. That that's got to hurt as an organization. So now that's a second quarterback from that class to get traded. Yeah. Not and then ideal. there were three. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that whole entire class just kind of like I'm pretty sure the entire Jared Goff class has been traded. Whether that's 2017, that's maybe seven, I think it's no 17 was Watson and Mahomes and somebody else. I think Jared 2000, Goff was 2016, 16, yeah, yeah, with Carson Wentz. 
see if I can figure find the list of quarterbacks real quick just so I can prove but, a, prove a know, point. But 2018, though, with Sam Darnold, you had Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Rosen. Um, Rosen is now a nobody. Um, although I think he's with the practice squad for the 49ers. And then, yes. you know, Sam Darnold um, just traded yesterday to the Panthers, hoping for a new start. But oh, yeah, so we don't, we're, uh, this, this list is something else. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Goff, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Ooh. second round, 51st pick overall, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Connor Cook, Dak Prescott. He's still with the Cowboys. That's a got lucky there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardell Jones for the Bills, mm-hmm. Kevin Hogan, Nate Sudfeld, Jake Rudock, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and Brandon Dottie. Oof. It's a lot not of a good, Not a good year for quarterbacks. No. Woo-wee. The Jets organization is a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> I can't name one thing they've done right since like the 70s, 80s. I mean, they went to an AFC championship game with Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, but that's got to be, that's the highlight for the past like 40 years. (laughs) They did that and then everybody figured out the Rex Ryan defense. Right. And then people just kept hiring him, hoping it would work and it just never did. (laughs) I can't know. I don't know how many teams Rex Ryan went to. Come be our head coach. Come be our defensive coordinator. Come be our come, just just mm. come to our team and help us, dude. <laughs> I was successful like 15 years ago, man. Just let me die in peace. <laughs> let my career end. Uh, another piece of news that Am Schefter came out with was the Falcons are open to trading the fourth overall pick. We're ba- we're locked in now, one through three. Yep. Jacksonville Jets, 49ers. Mm-hmm. Unless the 49ers do some weird backtracking, like kind of like the Eagles did, or like the I should say the Dolphins did, you know, they kind of like they're here, and then they move back and they moved up. Hey, if they did something weird like that, but right now right. that's locked in. The only thing, the only other spot that something might happen in the top five is the Falcons at number four. Mm-hmm. And my question was just who? Like who would be interested in that? And I pulled, I did pull well, out the draft order earlier and kind of, kind of give myself an idea of who maybe would be interested. So I, I have two teams that I'm thinking about. Okay. Who you got? So I'll, number one, I'll go with Washington. Okay. Washington. And that, they are currently sitting at 19th, 19th overall. Um, I think that's a, they could be going the quarterback route if they try to jump up that high. Like I would, they would, well, they would definitely be going for Trey Lance because I think he's going to be the the fourth quarterback left um, after one, two, three. But um, the other team that I that I've been you know looking to see what their needs are, see what they might do, would be the Patriots. It's not. Okay. I don't think that's a. It, I don't think it might be a little too rich of a jump for the Patriots from fifteen to four. Um, but Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are just tossing money at players all offseason right. because they they realized how below average that team was all last year. Um, you know, they just their draft their draft you know results literally hit rock bottom. I feel like last year, and they just had 
all their poor drafts showed um, over the last few years, I mean, even last decade. Um, so that's the other team that I'm kind of seeing, you know, maybe move up to the that four spot. Yeah, strike. I'll be here keeping on topic. Is the Patriots? Are they making the playoffs this year? No. I mean, they have. They have to. I mean, the Dolphins look like a great team. Mm-hmm. They didn't perform to expectations last year. They kind of seemed like they're all over the place. But the Bills are obviously very competitive. The Dolphins mm-hmm. could be competitive this year. So just in their own division, that's going to be a tough go at it. Right. Um, they brought in a lot of talent. They filled a lot of holes. They gave Cam Newton a lot of weapons. I'm just I'm a little concerned about Cam Newton, but if you put mm-hmm. the enough pieces around him, maybe the team can figure it out. Because wins are not a QB stat, folks. I keep trying to everyone that comes at me and be like, but they have Cam Newton. Can't yes, the quarterback's important, but if you put enough pieces around the team, including on defense, anything is possible. Will they win the Super Bowl? God no. But are the playoffs possible? There's 17 games and there's seven seven seeds. I mean, if they can squeak out 10 wins, even nine and seven can get you in the playoffs these days. Well, not it's not nine and seven now. Now it would be nine and eight. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird to get used to this. <laughs> ten and ten and seven, nine and eight. Ten and seven, yep. So that could get you in with the seventh seed. So there's so. literally so also the 17 game schedule, there's no five hundred anymore. Right. Yeah. No more. Either above or below. (laughs) Yep. Eight and eight is dead. Yep. And then the the Jeff Fisher seven and nines, that's dead. Yeah. The era of seven nine is over. Yeah. A lot of things are changing. It's a new era. I try. That's what we were saying last week. It's a new era of football, boys and ladies and gentlemen. New era. And just, you just have to like kind of wrap your mind around it, you know? Yeah. Cause like older folks these days talk about like the merger back in the day. They talk Mm -hmm. about, all these rule changes in the past. And then we're seeing one right now. I just, I right. hope everyone's soaking that in as much mm-hmm. as I'm trying to. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. Unless they walk it back next season, then that would suck. Uh, Cam runs the same play every time they get in the five yard line or closer. <laughs> it's just, he just takes a snap and just tries and finds the end zone. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Um, and the Cowboys are screwed. Yeah, every season. Yeah, every every year the Cowboys. Are, that's not news. Right. Thanks Thanks for reminding us. Um, for that fourth overall pick, my number one choice was the Vikings. They're sitting oh, okay. at number 14 right now. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, I just really, I think they're hanging on to Kirk Cousins because they know they can't do better right now. Like, he's doing enough to keep that position or to at least keep the Vikings semi-competitive mm-hmm. on offense. He's doing his best. He's not yeah. terrible, but he's not great. This could be their year. If the Falcons are really looking to get out, I'm sure I'd be willing to bet they are at least making a phone call. Because if they could get up there and get number four, whether that's, you know, who, who knows who'll be left. Right. Because there's a lot. of it, Justin Fields could fall. Trey Lance could fall. I feel like I feel like one guy that we're not going to expect to fall is going to fall. Mac Jones. Mac Jones goes does well in play action. He'll have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Who knows? So, but I think the Vikings would definitely be interested in finding their future quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. You want to make a bet? <laughs> no, what, not really. you want to do a pie to the face on who's going to be the fourth? Who's going to make the fourth overall pick? 
eight and eight off eight and eight's off the table. So is Dallas going to be eight and nine forever, or are they going to be nine and eight? They have been a five hundred team for like a decade. So what's it going to be? Is it is, is Dallas an eight and nine or a nine and eight team? I would say eight and nine. Oh, savage! Taking shots, taking shots at the game. because if they were nine and eight, they'd be similar to nine and seven. True. So eight and eight, they only get eight wins. So I give them the extra loss. Okay, I'm okay with that. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm trying to find. Did I? Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm like doing something at the same time, but yeah, yeah. I, I. It just depends on, you know. Let's say they go into the last week eight and eight. Like if there's a mm-hmm. regular sixteen game season, they're eight and eight, and they have to go on the road and play an AFC team. We had the schedule last week of who they'd be playing, but since it's a road game, it's AFC. I say they lose that game. For the for a playoff spot, if they go nine and eight, they make the playoffs. They're gonna lose it, guaranteed. So there's your answer. I guess uh, I guess that's your answer. <laughs> Real quick before I get that last question from Strikeout, um, our last little mini segment here. I guess I'll do the question first. Let's do that with the extra game in play. Who will benefit and who will affect negatively? Negatively affect some teams need that extra game at the end of the season to get in, and other teams are bleeding so bad that they can't take another loss. I mean, every other year, it's going to benefit. Like this year, it'll benefit AFC teams, and next year, yep. it'll benefit NFC teams because it's another mm-hmm. home game. You know, it gives them a, if it right because we we went over it last week. I don't remember all the matchups. I could pull it up, but you know, some there was two or three games like matchups for Week Seventeen that we were looking at that could be playoff determining games. Mm-hmm. I know one of them was Seattle and Pittsburgh. That could be a major, you know, whether they've clinched playoff spots or not, or that could be a major seeding game. It could be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But right now, as I sit here, I think the biggest difference is the fact that this year it'll negatively impact NFC teams (laughs) because week 17, your 17th game of the season, and Mm -hmm. you got to go on the freaking road. That sucks. Yeah, that could... uh... Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. So I think, I think I just want to clarify something from last week um, with the the like the seventeenth game matchups. It's not necessarily the the it's not necessarily the week seventeen games. These are the seventeenth games that are being added to the schedule oh, to the seasons. Sorry, so, so week eighteen. My uh, so my bad. So it's so it's it's their. <laughs> It's the, these are the seventeenth game matchups that the these teams can expect based on in, in addition to their eight home games that you know have been identified not you know not when but who and then their eight God. away games and then these are the added games there so like Washington at Buffalo could be week one could be week seven could be week eighteen. So I've misspoke this entire time. Though. So I just want to clarify on this so that, you know, we're not assuming it's week 17 or week 18. Um, who knows? The NFL could be like, yeah, we're not feeling creative. Just, we'll just throw them all there. Usually week, the last weekend, week of the week of the season are usually actual in division 
you know, games, um, because that, that helps with the, you know, playing in to get in the playoffs, you know, just cruising, you know, send out your second string guys or your backups. Um, but yeah, I just, just wanted to clarify that enough a little bit here. Well, I appreciate that because I misspoke. Yeah. All right. So, but it's still another road game for the it NFC is. team. Yes. So I still stand by my point, yes. but it's, it won't be at least the end of the season for some. Right. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So many more comments. Unless drastic changes are made to that defensive secondary, it ain't looking too good for your boys. I'm assuming that's the Cowboys. No, the yeah. Cowboys are. Yeah. Cowboys are in trouble. Um, basically the whole defense besides Diggs needs to go down the toilet. Yeah, the, the the Cowboys are just in the whole NFC East. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> no, yeah, NFC least as we like to say. Mm-hmm. All right, so I put this graphic up. I put this graphic up uh, earlier today on social <clears throat> media. Yeah, I just wanted to you know give people a little taste of something we would be talking about. I know we're running out of time, mm-hmm. but you sent me your top five quarterbacks for the draft. Mm-hmm. You had Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can. Uh, can we? No, it's not going to move. Okay, never mind. I tried something; it didn't work. <laughs> so let's. Can you justify your top five? Justify the reasoning for this top five. All right. Um, why well, the list here as well? Just so. Um, get it out of everyone's face. If if you, if you want to, if not, no big deal. Uh, I don't know. I, Trevor Lawrence is the I think the clear consensus number one. Number one. Um, you know the one thing I would point out: the team didn't do any worse or better really when he wasn't in there for Clemson. Um, not drastically different. So he is still, you know. He still plays to support the team, which is, you know, it's a team sport, so not all wins are on my quarterbacks. Um, I like Zach Wilson at number two. He, we, 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 I've, so I've seen the highlights, and, you know, he has the playmaking ability that I like to see. Um, I think he, he's going to fit well, I think, and, you know, we're expecting him to go to the Jets, um, but I think he, I think he's got more talent. Then, obviously, I would say Mac Jones. Um, but I like him at two. Fields, I think he has the, you know, he has the talent. I think there's some questionability on the accuracy, um, being able to be that complete pocket passer when needed and, you know, being able to trust what he sees and not just scrambling out of the pocket and running a bootleg for, 15 yards and then you got to teach him how to slide and hopefully he doesn't get hurt. And then you have running quarterback all the time. Um, and that's kind of the same way I feel a little bit with Trey Lance um, 17, you know, only 17 games in college makes me a little worried. He's a, he seems a little bit, uh, you know, raw around the edges. Um, I think everybody's jumping on him because of the North Dakota State thing with Carson Wentz. We've seen how Carson Wentz kind of panned out this year um, or since he's been drafted. Um, so it's not, I don't know. I, I like that he has, I like the talent from him. I'm just worried about the longevity and how much of this is really all just a flash. 
Um, and then five, I have Mac Jones, Mac Jones, um, because he, he, he's limited by his mobility. He's very much a pocket passer. Um, he does well with play action, but you're not going to have him do, you know, play action bootleg and then, you know, on the move, throw it down the field or throw it, you know, across field without him, you know, really having to set himself up for being able to make that throw. So it really does. He has to be in the right system, I think, in order for that to him to be beneficial there. Um, which you know, maybe he he's my he's my f- number five, but he very well could go at three. Um, you know, there's a lot of draft rumors right now. You know, he's all over the board. He's on, in the first round, not in the first round, in the top ten, all the way to thirty-two. You know, it's all over the place. Um, but yeah, that's my top five. I mean, our top fives are not terribly different, but also drastically different. Right. You know, you look around like all the ESPN NFL network people, and they're all generally the same. At least they have mm-hmm. the same people, and they might have a throw in there. But even the slightest change, you know, makes a big difference when you're only talking about a top five. There's a limited number of candidates. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Trevor Lawrence, number one for me. I mean, that's just, it's unanimous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, the game that he wasn't in there, who did they play? Ohio State for that game um, where the backup had to come in. Oh, I forgot what big I game. Wonder. It was a big game. It was a big game. But I don't remember who it was, though. Yeah, and they would have won. I think they would have won that game with Trevor in there because they just barely lost. The mm-hmm. backup quarterback played very well, but they just couldn't pull it out at the end. I think if Trevor's in there, they probably win that game. So that's just a minor difference. I'd see, but I think just his accuracy, pocket presence, his just his you know his physicals. He's a tall guy. He's right. gonna be great. He's gonna be great. I think mm-hmm. the big difference here. I got Mac Jones all the way up at two. Now, what I keep hearing people say is, you know, we keep looking at Justin Fields and we're trying to lie to ourselves. You know, we we see an amazing product and we try to tell ourselves it's too good to be true. Like similar to what people did with DK Metcalf. So mm-hmm. let's not do that with with Justin Fields. He's athletic. He can throw the ball. He's great. He's amazing. Don't let your eyes fool you. Okay. Then why are we doing that with Mac Jones? This guy has some of the sexiest footwork in and out of the pocket of any quarterback in the league. The only one I can think of that has that good of footwork, making sure he's in the right spot to throw that ball every single time, is either Tom Brady and maybe to some degree Russell Wilson because he always just sets himself. He's just amazing pocket presence. Well, I say early, earlier mm-hmm. on Russell Wilson. He's gotten a little skittish these days. That's besides <laughs> the point. Um, but I think Mac Jones, He there might be a ding on accuracy for Mac Jones, but anything can be fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. But you never saw a whole lot of accuracy problems because, you know, Alabama wide receivers are open all the time. That's not his fault. He still delivers the ball. And the dude was right. making throwing balls on a dime from mid, short, and long range his entire career at Alabama. So I don't know why people are trying to lie themselves through this, but Mac Jones is going to be great. I put Zach Wilson at three because he has to be in there. You know, just because of, with the other people on this list, I have to put Zach Wilson there. Um, I just think this is the guy that's a, that's the dark horse every year. There's always that quarterback where people just have to throw in the mix to make things interesting. 
he's got an explosive arm. He's a he's accurate. He's amazing. BYU was amazing with him. And, you know, mm-hmm. like look at this tape that no one looked at up until now. Like we didn't know this kid existed until draft times because we're just figuring out he exists. Like if he just shows up now, like it, I just feel like people are trying to make him more than he is. I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. I have him at my number three. I think he does have mm-hmm. good accuracy. I think he has an arm on him. Yeah. I just think, you know, his ceiling is somewhere with Baker Mayfield, I feel like. You know, right. That's who I would compare him to right now in the league. Uh, and then Justin Fields, Ohio State, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't trust it. I, he's just a more athletic Dwayne Haskins, I think. I think that's what we're going to get. A much, right. I say a much more athletic Dwayne Haskins, I should say. Yeah. I think he is he's obviously fast. He can get out of the pocket. He'll break he'll break knees for ankles for days. He'll he'll right. be a, he'll be a high highlight reel. But when it mm-hmm. comes down to having to throw that ball, I think it's just going to be struggle city. I don't I don't trust Justin Fields. I wouldn't want him to be my quarterback. It depends on the team. If you're the, if if Lamar Jackson up and died the next day and the Ravens were in line to pick Justin Fields, they would probably pick Justin Fields cuz that's the kind of offense they run. Mhm. I think he'd be great there, but I don't see the Patriots picking up Justin Fields anytime soon, you know? Right. <laughs> so, and then last but not least, I kept Trey Lance out of this. I literally want nothing to do with Trey Lance. <laughs> this dude played, like you said, North Dakota State, yeah. Carson Wentz connection, real fun. He had a season without an interception, but he's playing like high school teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, another athletic kid who had no competition. He's obviously very talented. He's going to be in the NFL. He's probably going to be a backup in two, three years. Mm-hmm. This guy is just, I do not trust anything that has to do with Trey Lance. So I replaced him with Kyle Trask. The thing about Kyle Trask, he had a pretty poor season in 2019, mm-hmm. but it was his 2020 campaign that puts him where he is right now. He showed improvement, massive improvement. He mm-hmm. is a great, he turned into a great pocket passer this past year. Obviously, having Kyle Pitts was a major boost. The Florida offense changed once Kyle Trask was able to develop further as a pocket passer. He's not mm-hmm. the most athletic, he's not very athletic. We're probably going to get like a Peyton Manning esque, Ben Roth- Roethlisberger esque kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a pure pocket passer. He showed that he can stand in the pocket, have good pocket presence. Maybe Eli Manning too, something along those lines. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be the kind of quarterback he is. And I think that if he can keep developing in that direction that he showed from 2019 to 2020, I'll put him at five. I put him at five and not any higher because I, I'm going to have to see a little bit more in his rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. To see, I'm going to see need to see a little bit more growth. But yeah. Yeah, Trey Lance, no. Go away with that. (laughs) Dos Primos is with me. Not buying the Trey Lance hype. Nope. No, 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 no. I'm not buying it. Just because the rest of the country wants to put Trey Lance in their top five, he's not going to be in mine. (laughs) No dig on you. You can can pick him if you want. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I get it. Yeah, no. Um, I'll say real quick, my mock draft is just about finalized. So. Version one is just about ready, so maybe we'll get that out tomorrow. Hell yeah! Um, just gotta do a couple of tweaking here and there, but you know, first round of pick one through thirty-two is set right now, and you know, I think next week will be a good, uh, you know, be a definitely a good show to talk about that if we want to, and 
do a little draft show here. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah, we got some good stuff coming up. Maybe we can even find a draft expert to be a guest and pick along with us. Oh, there we go. Maybe he can counter you. Oh, no, nice. No. It's been tough to find. It's been tough to find guests these days. Yeah. How what those sports people? Thanks for coming, Ryan. Appreciate you being here. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, man. No. That's all we have for on and off the field in this episode, though. This was episode fifty of season three. We are cruising this season. Very exciting times. The draft is coming up. Baseball's back. It's exciting times. We're having fun. I haven't heard anything mm-hmm. about basketball like all week. It's great. Well, NBA related, I should say. I haven't heard anything about NBA in all week. That's why my spirits are up. I'm feeling good. I'm loving it. The weather's heating up. What's there the Masters. Yeah. The Masters is this week. I'm rejuvenated. I'm hyped. Let's go. Oh, there we go. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'll come on as the draft expert. Thanks for being here, Ryan. (laughs) Appreciate you. That's going to do it for us this Mm. week. Durf and Dylan with the award-winning podcast on and off the field. We will be back next week because mama didn't raise no wusses. We'll be right back.